What would be your message to any one of them who may be dealing yeah. with some stuff that's causing them some stress at the moment? I'd say go and speak to your partner or look over the gate to your mate. Put your head over the gate and say, mate, I'm battling a bit here. Because you know what? He'd be the first bloke to help you. Mm. What about those people who are family members or friends or mates that are worried about somebody else who might be going through something that's pretty challenging at the time? Treat him with the utmost respect for a start, but actually help them in any way they can and tell them you're there for them. Mm. And you're only a phone call away, because talking is, is the first step. Well, of course, you probably caught up on our podcast from earlier this week. Obviously, we got it out a bit earlier with a Friday night game ahead of us, but a special edition. It is Spud's game. Last year, we caught up with Stuart Lowe and Chelsea Frawley and a couple of others in the lead-up to the inaugural Spuds match against Melbourne and, and this Friday night against the Bombers. Uh, we do honour uh, the former captain. Uh, we've got a couple of special guests lined up on the program tonight. It's probably unusual that we would speak to a Richmond legend, and he certainly was that in uh, in Matthew Richardson, 800 AFL goals, the most goals ever kicked at the MCG, a, a champion of that club. And we often refer to people like Lenny Hayes as someone that was universally admired by supporters, not just of our club, but others. And I think Richo was that as well, uh, that it, you didn't have to barrack for the Tigers to, uh, to love the way he went about it. And he also played five years under Danny Frawley, who coached Richmond from 1999 to 2004. And he is one of Spud's ambassadors for this game. Uh, Richo, nice to chat to you. Ah, thank you very much. Good to be on board and thanks for that introduction. Starting off with the, that coaching experience, obviously we admired Spart as a St Kilda captain and, and a champion fullback who you would have played against as well. But um, what was he like as a coach in terms of that whole package, tactical, motivational, etc.? Oh, I think the first thing we noticed when Danny rolled up was just his passion. You know, he was very passion, passionate, very emotional. Um, he was still a young guy, you know, he was a very young coach. He'd only been out of the game a few years. He'd been at Collingwood under Tony Shaw for a couple of years. So you felt, you know, you felt like you were, you were on the same page as him because he was still a pretty young coach um, as well. And yeah, look, he just, he just created a really inclusive environment. Uh, him and Anita, you know, all of the girls at the club felt really welcome. Anita really encouraged, you know, everyone to get together as well. So just straight away, there was just a really good vibe with Danny and his family coming into the Richmond Footy Club and and as a coach, I would say he had a he had a solid game plan that we all knew. Now it wasn't rocket science back in the the um the early two thousands, but you know, we had two or three things that we did and we had some other team rules that we we couldn't do and we all knew what they were. So we're all on the same page and um yeah, we had a bit of success under Danny in those first few years. Now going off to the start of your playing career, you actually played St Kilda first up and Danny was playing as an opponent. Um, how did you see him? How was he to play against? Well, I, I, firstly, I just knew a lot about Danny because I was, a, you know, I was a person that really loved the game. I, I was a mad Richmond supporter, clearly. But, you know, I took an interest in all of the clubs and all of the champion players. And, and Danny was, you know, one of the champion fullbacks in the game. So, as a kid in Tassie, you know, I, I looked up to all of those guys and Danny obviously was a, a big name in the game. Um, so to actually get to then play on him in my first game, a um, little bit surreal, I guess, um, running onto the MCG for a start and then standing there and, you know, I played on a little bit on Jamie Shanahan that day and I think I had a, a little bit of time on Sean Ralph Smith. I bumped into him at the Moorabbin at the Danny Frawley Centre last week and he brought that up. So... Yeah, but I, I remember standing next to Danny and just the size of him. You know, I was a little bit taller than him, but 
looking at him side on, you know, he was a thick man and I was pretty skinny at that point. Um, you know, I was probably only about 88, 89 kilos. You know, I ended up being well over 100 kilos as a forward. So I had a bit of growing to do. Um, and I looked at Danny and I thought, I'm not going to beat him physically, so we're going to have to do a bit of running. So you, you told the story uh, earlier in the week about him uh, after having run off him a couple of times, he, he said he was going to knock his knock, knock your block off if, <laughs> if you kept running. So you kept running. Um, what was the, what was, what was his personality like a, as a coach and how did that develop over time? I mean, we hit, we've hit, we've heard over the, the last couple of years about his kind of softer side. Everyone knows his cheeky side and the, the yeah. aggressive side as a fullback, but what, what was he like? I guess one-on-one as a bit of a mentor and, and a coach to you. Yeah, he had a lot of different aspects to him, Danny, and you summarised them there. You know, he's a ferocious competitor. We know that, um, you know, a very passionate person. But, you know, he wasn't afraid to show his emotions as well. And uh, we spoke about this at the launch uh, of Spud's game a couple of weeks ago at Moorabbin. But I reckon he was ahead of his time with that. Um, when I came into the game in the, the early 90s, sort of 1993 was my first year, it was sort of one-size-fits-all approach. And it was sort of knock people down. You know, only the tough guys survive sort of thing. And, you know, it was pretty much a sort of alpha male environment. But Danny was one of the first, well, probably the first coach that I had that sort of showed his emotions, encouraged you to open up and be a bit vulnerable. And, you know, if you're feeling a bit down, don't be afraid to express that. And then if you're feeling good, you know, express that as well. But it created open dialogue. And, you know, I think it was a really important part of um, of who he was as a person. And, and he certainly brought that across the playing group as well. What does it mean to you to, to be involved in, in this? And I guess by extension to that, um, how proud have you been of Spud? Well, how proud of you or of Spud were you post his coaching career with everything that he did in that mental health space and, and pushing that message forward of, of opening up and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, very proud of him. I mean, I used to see Danny a lot in the last sort of, um, you know, in my 10 years, Plus, in the media, I mean, we were working alongside each other. We did the All-Australian Committee together for years, six or seven years together on that. Uh, we went away and did some country trips together with Brian Taylor and a lot of the current-day players and past players. We'd go to country towns and during the finals and did footy clinics. So spent a lot of time uh, with Danny. Um, and, you know, he, did, he made people happy. You know, every time we saw him, he... You know, you'd have a laugh and I'd bump into him on Sunday Arvos in the, the media boxes and I'd always walk away with a smile on my face. Um, you know, and I, I guess at times, there were probably times where Danny wasn't feeling that good in those conversations. He still made you feel good. So to then actually open up and, and get people to, to talk about their issues and, and face their problems and be open about them and be able to talk about them, um, I think it's very important, the work that he did. And, you know, it, it, it's something probably more prevalent than ever, ever at the moment with, um, with what, you know, the world's gone through with COVID, you know, I think there's a lot of people probably struggling in a lot of different ways. So it's more important than ever to open up, pick up the phone, have a chat to a mate, check in on a mate if you're worried about them. Um, and, you know, Danny was at the forefront of this years ago, well before COVID. Yeah, we've seen the photos of all the ambassadors for the game this week. Um, You've all had your own football with your own message on the ball. What was the message you wanted to bring across for for this day? I just I think it's just an opportunity. Footy clubs and football in general, and the community that we're involved in. You know, you go to the footy and you you sit around with a lot of people at the footy, and you know a lot of people that play. And it, it's an environment where you can get together and 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 be open and talk 
and and get people together and have a good time. But it's also a time where you can chat and and be around people and be connected and you know not isolate yourself. And I think that's what footy does. It brings people together, gets you out of the house, gets you together in a community, and gives you people to be connected to. And once you're connected to people, it gives you the opportunity to open up if you've got any problems. So oh, that's what I see footy footy doing and this game being able to do as well to spread that message. Richo, last one from me, mate. But favorite memories of of Spud? We've obviously seen you know footage of him in the coach's box, and he had the ability to to lose the plot every now and then. We we've, we've heard some stories from yourself over the years. Um, you know the under the pump story, blowing up the blowing up the footies in the in the, the team rooms and that sort of stuff. But is there is there a favorite moment of yours in your time with Spud that that you want to share with uh, with footy fans? Yeah, I think, you know, a couple of the stories are well known. The night he had to go and pick up our star ruckman, Brad Ottens, from the Eastern Kilda Police Station on Chapel Street. I haven't got time to tell that story now, but it's in footy folklore a little bit. Most people know that one now. The under the pump one, that was right before Danny sort of got the sack from Richmond, you know. And that sort of summed him up as well, just his ability to bring a sense of humour to things because he really was under siege at that time. Now, I remember the day that it happened, all the media trucks were in the car park at Punt Road with the big aerials, and you know we'd be walking into the into the gym there, and you know you got you're getting door stopped by, you know all the footy journo's, and we had a team meeting that day, and that's when he walked in with the the compressor to pump up the footies, and um, stood up in front of us and held it above his head, and we're all looking at him thinking, what are you doing, Danny? You know and this was this was a tense time, you know we all knew that he was you know probably going to get the flick, and he screamed at us, you know what am I boys? And he's got the compressor up above his head. And then finally he sort of said, I'm under the pump. And he, he brought humor into a really tense situation. I mean, we know what it's like in footy when the coach is under siege like that. And for Danny to have a laugh at his own expense, you know, that summed him up and he, he made, you know, he made us all feel, you know, comfortable in a really awkward situation. As we let you go, um, obviously last year, Stewie Lowe and, and Gary Lyon addressed St Kilda and Melbourne out on the ground. Um, <coughs> If you had the chance to talk to, say, the St Kilda boys before it and say this is what um, Spud was like as a coach, this is what he'd be telling you now, or is there a message that you'd sort of relay? Oh, I just think as a, a playing group, you know, don't ask don't ask if you group more than what you, you'd be prepared to do yourself. And yeah, that was what I loved about Spud. You know, when he first took over coaching, we trained hard and he used to get out there and train with us. So he wasn't asking us to do anything he wouldn't do. I imagine that's what he was just like as a captain at St Kilda, you know, down at full back, playing on all those gun full boards and, you know, just express yourself. You know, there's so many great players with great individual talents. And, you know, I think at times in the past, we used to suppress that as a footy industry. You know, we all, as I said before, one size fits all. Now, that, that's not the case anymore. Go out there and showcase what you can do. Express yourself, be yourself and have fun with it. And, you know, if you do that, I reckon you go a long way to, winning the game of footy, but more importantly, just enjoying playing footy with your mates. Well done on the other work you're doing here, Rich Show. Thank you for your time. And I think I speak for all Saints fans in saying I wish you played for us. So appreciate your time. Well, I actually played mini league for the Saints. And Tony <laughs> Tony Locker once came all the way down to Tasmania to our little footy, junior footy club on the northwest coast and presented the trophies at our best and fairest nights. So I thought the Saints were pretty cool back then. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. We are here honouring his name and fulfilling his legacy with the establishment of the Danny Frawley Centre. It's so fitting 
that as part of his enormous legacy, the Danny Fawley Centre will set about making a genuine difference to people suffering from mental health issues, including those who wore the same crest as Danny. Well, Spider Everett was our first guest back on our third episode in late 2019. A lot has happened in football. A lot has happened in the world since then. And it's great to get back catching up with Spider now. His first game for the club in round one, 1993. Danny Frawley was the captain during that and his next couple of seasons at AFL level. And uh, Spider, obviously, a key part of that St Kilda team that kicked on in the post Danny Frawley years as well. But uh, Spider, thanks for jumping on again. No worries. No problem at all. Absolutely. Um, I guess your memories, if you go back to those early days as a, as a teenager coming in with Danny Frawley as the captain, what are, what are some of those memories of Spud? Oh, look, I think you, you look now and you, you see, um, you know, you have these leadership groups, you have dual captains, you have, uh, you know, all these uh, leaders around, around the footy club. But, uh, you know, those days you had one leader and that was, that was Danny Frawley. He was the captain and, Whatever he he said, everybody did. And uh, what I loved most, I think, about leadership and uh, you know captains those days, they they led on on the field and uh, they led off the field. So he knew the difference between when when to be absolutely serious and then uh, when to actually go out there and enjoy yourself as well. But you know when you you know, uh, eighteen year old and then when we're playing under nineteens and uh, you know, you walk into the the change rooms and you first meet and. You know, you, you see Tony Lockett and Nicky Winmar and Danny Fuller, and they come up and shake their, your hand and they you know, introduce themselves. It's like, oh, yeah, like I don't know who you are. And uh, ever since then, yeah, he's uh, yeah, just one of the great captains. Spider, you were a, a pretty cheeky type of fella. I mean, you st- still are, but a, b- a bit of a two-parter for me. But was there any any point in, in those few years under Spud that he had to pull you into line and, and you copped a, copped a spray from him? And, and secondly, he was also pretty cheeky at times. Did, was there any kind of locker room pranks or anything that you remember with, uh, with Spud? Yeah, look, uh, he didn't really pull us aside. He, he used to have chats to us. There's no doubt about that. And uh, I think he uh, had chats to everyone. And I, I still, uh, you know, I, I suppose the, the more fond memory of that was even not even when I was playing, it was, uh, you know, only a couple of years ago when I was in, inducted into the, you know, St Kilda Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, before that, he, he gave me a call and uh, just said, yeah, congratulations. And, and you yeah, know, kind of that work rate and the, the different work ethic that I showed towards, uh, yeah, the back end of my career there at St Kilda proved that I should have been there. So just even getting that and getting a personal letter written from him um, telling, you know, just not how proud he was, but just uh, in a way about how I've been able to change. So, you know, I've still got that letter that, uh, you know, he only sent a couple of years ago. So I found that more so, you know, the timing of that more so than, you know, what happened, uh, you know, in the early nineties when he was, when he was our captain, but uh, yeah, look, the prank side of Spud, I think, uh, you know, everybody enjoyed and, you know, we all love a prank and, you know, we all love having fun, but, you know, I think, you know, for me, the main ones were when when the boys, he used to love dyeing his hair, but he wouldn't tell anyone he used to dye his hair. You know, he was the oldest part of the uh, the crew down there. So one day he put a, a bit of a rinse through, but it went a bit plum. So it was the plum rinse and the boys used to get his footy card and scratch off his hair and and draw it in the plum rinse and then get him to sign it. And uh, yeah, the plum, the plum rinse footy card was uh, definitely one of the highlights. And I think the other one I... I 
always remembered. I, I don't, I can't really remember who was driving, but I remember Gordon Foe got injured in Adelaide. It was Adelaide or WA, and he couldn't fly home. So Danny Spud took his uh, keys and said, "Don't worry, we'll get your car home for you." And we went straight out to the pub as soon as we uh, landed in in Melbourne, and it was like a semi race to get to the pub. And uh, he actually smashed uh, Fody's car into the back of another player's car. So I don't know. I can't remember exactly who was driving, but I know Spud was right in the mo- amongst the whole lot. But they said, oh, that's right. We'll worry about that when we get out of the pub. Let's just go and have a beer first. <laughs> I was going to ask you what were the differences in the Spuds that basically throughout the AFL, you had the Spud as the captain, you had the Spud as the coach or assistant coach or and then you had a spud as the media personality that all those we sort of see a lot of in videos and that sort of thing but you also had spud behind the scenes which i guess you got to know a bit of was there anything that you sort of go that's how i remember spud as as the person but not the anything attached to afl or just just who oh, he was. I just think he was like, it doesn't, and as you said, he just, he wore three or four different hats and, you know, he, he was able to manage those very, very well. But I think down, like when you, when you see him, he was just a down to earth mate. You know, he was just, you know, I, I still remember when Greg Stafford, uh, you know, fractured my cheekbone in the middle of the ground and uh you know we're going to the tribunal because i rang him on the friday and i said look i'll kick two goals and i'll take it easy on you just having a bit of a laugh when he was coaching richmond and uh he said all right and i kicked two and then greg stafford uh fractured my cheekbone and i you know went off the hospital to get it popped back out and spud rings me and he goes he didn't mean it he didn't mean it just try and look after him at the tribunal because they needed him uh so you know like he position he could still have that mateship and that fun and that character um yeah it all boils down to yeah he was just a great bloke um you know on and off the field didn't matter when you ran into him um you know and you know this is what makes it so devastating what what we've had to go through but you know he was just just a lovable character every moment you you'd meet him and uh it doesn't matter if he was if you know a coach if he was a player if you're sitting by him in the footy if you're out having dinner no matter him it was just that you know larger than life character that we all loved last one from me on on that um obviously you would have done probably a bit of match sim i know plugger and, and stewie and things like that were down there but did you ever get the chance sort of in sessions to to obviously run alongside of him or play alongside of him and i guess what were his strengths i mean we always spoke about his good record on gary ablett senior because of his closing speed his strength one-on-one against guys like dunstall and, and those sorts of things did you get a chance to see him as a player up close at training yeah, look, I think, um, you know, his strength, as I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, was being able to switch on and do the hard yards. And it didn't matter, you know, those days what it was, if it was 400s or 200s, he would, he would absolutely rip straight in and didn't matter what the weather conditions were. And I think, um, you know, a sign of that was the fact that, you know, after every training session, we'd get into a couple of hundred sit-ups with, uh, with Lowy. And, um, you know, so I think, um, you know, as much as you are a character and you, you have fun, the commitment to, to actually footy and getting yourself better. And I think he's one to say, yeah, I wasn't blessed with yeah, the most skills, but at the same time, his determination was uh, a fair bit. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, he was one of those, yeah, as a, 
you cross that white line, he absolutely has a crack. You cross the other side, and he, that's all forgotten, and he and he moved on. But you know, he trained the way that uh, he played, and that was was hard out every time. Spider, as, as someone who played with Spud, who who knew him off the field, how do you reckon he'd feel about Spud's game and and the the new Danny Frawley centre at Moorabbin? Ah. Uh... Look, I, I think um, I think inside he'd be chuffed, you know. If you know if that was, you know, I just it's so hard where you see these things and you know you look at um, you know the warning stand and you think why don't they do this before anything? You know why can't they make these decisions a lot earlier? Yeah, you know, it was always and it was always going to be a Danny Frawley stand. I think uh, you know he's you know, the greatest player, one of the greatest uh, leaders at the Secure Footy Club. So look, I think. Um, yeah, he, yeah, I think he'd be absolutely stoked, and I think he'd sit there and uh, you know, kind of sit there and go, "Why, you know, why did it get to this anyway?" So it's just a real hard situation. But um, you know, I, I think he'd be humble, and uh, he, he wouldn't want all the fuss. But at the same time, he knows for a fact that uh, it will help so many others. And, uh, you know, it absolutely, um, you know, the game itself, uh, helping so many others and bringing light on the situation when we know he did. And, uh, you know, we only had to see his funeral, how many people got up and said, you know, it's time that, uh, you know, things start to change. So I think that side of it, absolutely. But why to get to that? Um, that's, that's probably the, the only harsh one. Now, you do plenty of work in the media and everything yourself post-career and that have... Has there, has there been any temptation at any time to steal one of these jokes that Spud's told at any point, knowing how funny he's, he's been over the years and just sort of recycle it? Because you've got the Queensland crowd who probably don't know a lot about him. So you, you'd be able to get away with it, I'd reckon. Oh, absolutely. I think you uh, you borrow anyone's... You don't borrow it. You don't steal it. You just add a little bit here and there to make it your own. That's all you do. So, yeah, look, I think the uh, the craft of, um, you know, Spud being able to get up and uh, just absolutely roast everyone, you can only do that if you're friends with everyone as well. If you actually know these people and actually invest the interest and time to actually get to know them, um, yeah, that's the only time you can really do it. And that just goes to show how many people and the kind of person he is because he knows so much uh, personally about all these people and how far he can actually push people. So, yeah, look, I think, um, you know, the great, you know, unfortunately it's, because of the circumstances, it's great that uh, you know people do follow the you know the the game up here in Queensland. I am in Queensland, and you know the, you know Danny Frawley name a few years ago probably wouldn't have been as big as it is now, unfortunately. But uh, you know it is sending a very very strong message, and that's only not even through the uh, the AFL world, but uh, definitely through other sports as well. So you know if there's one positive that's come out of it, is being able to bring that awareness to it. So absolutely, if there's any uh, spud jokes that I can. Just just uh, add a little bit of pepper on and run with. I'll be running with them. As we let you go, mate, Nicky Winmer Hall of Fame yesterday. Um, you were in a rare position where you would have put the ball down his throat a few times and he would have put it down yours, leading out a full forward a, a few times. A, a superstar, I guess, a, a comment on uh, on Neil Elvis? Yeah, look, uh, I think, um, you know, anybody that, uh, you know, just sat in the gym and only worked on his biceps was and his pecs was unbelievable. He never worked on those chicken legs, but he had the best biceps and pecs in the business. But, yeah, look, I think when you look at, uh, you know, 
Carzel, Nicky Wimmer, he was just, uh, he was fantastic. You, you know, you call Lenny, Lenny Hayes, Rolls-Royce, and, you know, gee, you can go through a lot of St Kilda names. But, um, you know, when you see Nicky Wimmer getting the ball on the wing, having a couple of bounces and just, uh, you know, doing that pass down, you know, either Lowy or, or Plugger's throat, and, you know, it's only going to sit around about uh, three or four metres off the ground and travel 30 or 40 metres and uh, absolutely be laced out. Absolutely loved it. So, yeah, for me... I think uh, it's a it's a uh, a great um, reflection on just a, a great player that he has been, and you know the the, the best thing about Wimmer now, and I only ran into him and saw him at uh, the Saints game a couple of weeks ago when he played the didgeridoo. That uh, you know he's got his life back on track, and uh, yeah, he's he's making the most of it. So it's just uh, it's fantastic to see, and it's great to see that uh, you know Wimmer will be around the footy club for years and years to come. So I think that's another great story as well. Spider, always great to uh, to catch up. You're always generous with your time, and uh, thanks for, for jumping on. No worries. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, get out there, support the game, and uh, it's going to be a huge game, and even in, in Queensland, we'll be sporting it here pretty hard. So uh, go to the Saints on Friday night. We can't wait. The Saints have teamed up with Movember and will use the tribute match to help raise funds for mental health programs. The club has put together a powerful video, sending an equally powerful message. The conversation starts now. It's time to talk. It's time to talk. It's time to talk. Well, it was good to catch up with a couple of sides of the fence there. As I said, Richo, I think universally loved, as I mentioned in the intro, we often speak about a few of our boys, Robert Harvey and, and Lenny Hayes, that I think you, you wouldn't find football fans that uh, that didn't like either of those two guys. And, and Richo sort of had that flavour about him. He, he tore us a new one a few times over the journey. And obviously Spider, a, a wonderful player for, for our club and played under Danny and uh, won best and fairest and, and all Australians and, I think we would have seen a flag if he didn't do his shoulder in uh, in '97, as I, as I think we reflected a little bit back when we spoke to him the first time. But yeah, it is Spud's game. We've caught up with a few voices over the years, um, a lot of his former teammates, uh, but but obviously last year Stuart Lowe and and Chelsea Frawley in the in the lead up to the game. This is the second edition. Um, hopefully the guys you know go out and do the right thing, and and, and I think that's you know it was important to get that those thoughts from Richo about what you would say and if you could pass that message on to the the, the playing group. So I, I know we've all told our stories of, of Spud over the journeys and we've all crossed paths over various stages. But, yeah, I think it's really important that the club, you know, you can never guarantee results or anything like that. But I, but I think that's part of that message for me is to understand on one point what Spud was putting forward, which is when it comes to, you know, issues around mental health and the definition of being strong these days and, and putting your hand up and, and not just suffering along in silence and suck it up and all of that sort of stuff. Um, it's an incredibly important message, as Wayne Schwass said at his funeral. It's a, The narrative has to change in that space. But also I think it's really important for a new generation of footballers because footballers are born these days that never saw Danny Frawley play. They were born well after his career finished, that they understand the legacy that people leave at football clubs. Um, we spoke about Nicky Winmar just then and, and Spider himself. And, and I think for our playing group, I think any chance you can get, I know they go up to Ballarat for the camps and the like that they understand you know, second longest serving captain, best and fairest winner, inspirational leader that didn't have a lot of success. And um, that would be my message is that, you know, it's a reminder, I think, that you're lucky to wear the, the jumper and you only wear it for a short time. And it's always important to remember, Nick, the uh, the people that came before you and, and what they did. 
Look, it's it's a legacy that looms large over the footy club, isn't it? And, mm. and we've had this discussion a couple of times over the last few years now. I think we were on the air what, the, the night after it all happened. And, and obviously we were at the, the funeral at Moorabbin and uh, obviously the last year with, with uh, Stewie Lowe and, and Chelsea, as you mentioned. But it, it's obviously a, a little bit of a different feeling on, you know, in previous years this topic is, is a somber one. It's a sad one. You know, obviously we, we miss him. We miss him around the footy landscape. We miss him in the media. We, we, we miss him at our footy club. Um, but, but I think, you know, what, what's important to remember and you, you mentioned um, a little bit of it, Paco, but his, his legacy is bigger than just St. Kilda footy club. He, what, what he means to our footy club is, is all about what our footy club stands for is, is loyalty is standing with your mates is doing the things, the little things, regardless of the fact that you haven't had the ultimate success or, or really any success. Um, but, you know, we, we talk now a lot more openly about mental health and, and men's health because of Danny Frawley. And, and I think it's important to remember that Danny Frawley was talking about this before Danny Frawley died. Mm-hmm. He he walked the walk and he talked the talk. This is not just a, a reflection and looking back on someone who, who died and, and passed the way that he did in, in those circumstances, but he was talking about this and, and doing this before that, you know, he was, he was walking the walk. And I think now we're starting to see a lot more of the, the footy community walking the walk, talking the talk and, and really making a difference. And, and I think that's so important to remember that Danny Frawley was yeah, as wonderful as he was and is for our footy club. Um, what he's, what he was able to do after footy from a, a mental health perspective and opening that conversation, starting that conversation was, was incredible. And now that conversation is just magnified. It's just, you know, elevated and, and scaled up um, to a point where it's impossible to ignore. And it's just part of everyday, everyday conversation now. I mean, you, you look back at, um, you know, earlier this week or, or on the weekend, there's Bailey Smith a couple of weeks ago, Dustin Martin. There's a number of footy players, Paddy Ryder for our footy club, um, Zach Jones in our footy club. There's, there's footy players all over the country that, that are struggling with mental health, with personal issues and, and things that, you know, historically footy players put in the back pocket and pretend isn't there. And we're in a place now where you know, men, I think men especially are, are getting more and more comfortable about opening up and saying, Hey, I've got a problem and it's something that I need to deal with and I'm struggling with and I need some help. Um, and you know, I think a lot of that in our, in our lives, in, in our environment and, and in our workspaces can be put down to, to the work that Danny Frawley started and is now continuing in his name. And H, I think as Nick was saying, and, and as a lot of people have said, I think it reminds us without being too somber about it with, with Spud that it's, it's a reminder that you you don't just win the battle. It's not a case of, oh, I fought the battle off and, and that's the end of that, that, you know, it can come around again and again and again. And, you know, Danny was a great ambassador in the mental health space, but was obviously extremely susceptible to it over the course of his life. And it was from that inspiration that he, that he was able to draw on that and, and help others. And I think all of those messages are, are extremely important. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, probably looking back at the sort of, I guess, almost character he portrayed in the media a lot of the time uh, when he was on Triple M, when he was on SEN. He, it was always the larrikin. He was always the 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 spark, I guess, in the commentary box a lot of the time. And you sort of think, well, there, there was a bit of a, I guess, facade in front of him look, doing that sort of things at time. And you're sort of thinking, well, that's 
is is that how he tried he, he coped with everything is that the way that he found that he did that is it and, and the, the whole game and day and everything the, or the couple of weeks i guess leading up to it it's it's basically all been in his name and it, basically he i think he's the sort of person who would be embarrassed to think that everything was dedicated in his name and it, if he had the ability to say stop stop focusing on me to focus on the people who need it the most probably and that and that's where you sort of think he always seemed to put a lot of people first from the stories that you hear about it, was, it wasn't like oh it's me 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 it's help these people so it, it's it's a good thing great thing to have his name up in lights but i think as i said he, i think he'd find it quite embarrassing going stop talking about me i don't want it i don't want it i don't want my name to be the big one up in the in lights so um yeah it's a, it, a great message to be able to put out there great message to put out there under his name under his banner under because I, I think they'll put putting the banners up again at the end of the grounds again, but we may not see him so much anymore with those big screens there that they've put up. So, um, but yeah, just the whole message of this is now brought. Um, it, it's what he's left with, left us with, and yeah, we basically we'll try to promote it as much as we can with pretty much every way we can. I guess Nick, my final thought was, I mean, I was nine or about nine years old in that state game when Victoria played South Australia in 95 and Spud organised the lap with um, Ted Whitten. And I think as a kid, that was the first person I saw in football shed a tear during that particular moment. And, um, you know, I grew up being a St Kilda supporter who ended up shedding tears as a result of the football club. And then ultimately as a result of Danny in, uh, in 2019. So it's, um, yeah, it's an interesting full circle that it, that it sort of takes you on. And, and that was one of those early lessons I think that I got from him. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting one. He, like we said, his, his legacy is, is, is large over our footy club, over our fan base, over our community, both at, at you know, as a St Kilda community, but also as a footy community. And you're right. That, that was probably the first time that I think I'd, I'd seen a lot of people, shed a tear in, in a footy environment. And then a couple of years later, it was my first time after the 97 grand final. And, um, you know, like you sitting in the, in the center circle at, at Moorabbin after his mm. funeral, um, shedding a tear for, for Spartan. And, and you know, I think we've spoken about this a number of times and, and, you know, I guess my own battle with, with this sort of stuff. And that's, that's always there, but you know, it's guys, it's, it's seeing guys like Danny, um, you know, like Jason Dunstall, like Gary Lyon, like you know our heroes as kids that come out and talk about their their own battles and their own demons and and that sort of stuff that that give you the ability to, I guess, have perspective that it's not just you, it's not you in a in a vacuum. This is this is part of life. People are dealing with this stuff all over the world, and it's not a a personal thing. It doesn't discriminate. It's nothing about you in particular. It's just this is this is part of life, and it's something that we've got to deal with. And I think the ability for us now to, to have a much better understanding of how to deal with, how to talk about it and, and what to do with this stuff um, is much better. And, and like I said before, it's yeah, so much of that is, is down to, to guys like Danny Frawley. And, and H, um, we touched on it very briefly with Spider, I guess a final thought. Um, we recorded our initial episode on Monday night, which was before the Hall of Fame, but uh, <clears throat> Nikki Winmar certainly worthy of a mention uh, this week before we do wrap things up. Um, just that four-minute highlights package with Spider, Spider with um, 
uh, Plugger speaking was, um, yeah, spine tingling some of those highlights. And it's like, I mean, I think there's one on YouTube that goes for two hours, but um, such a uh, such a gifted footballer that we were uh, so blessed to see playing. I'll congratulate the people who put it together, finding only managing in down four minutes. That's that's a fair effort in itself. Um, it's yeah, as I think we we're saying in in our group chat, that it's well overdue, well overdue. Um, we're looking at players who have retired in only just the last few years, who have been already put into there, and you think, well, it's it's been what were they retiring ninety eight or ninety nine? I think it was ninety nine. Ninety nine, yeah, and. Yeah, twenty three years ago. So it's it's a fair wait. Um, I'm not sure whether there was anything, I guess, behind the scenes. As as Spider was saying, he's currently he's in a really great place. He's 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 found, I guess, happiness within himself. And um, whether he's knocked it back previously, I don't know. Or it, it's just it just seems strange it's taken that long for this to happen. But I, I guess. The good things come to those away. So um, there's probably not many other players who have been through the club who deserve to be there more. Um, and yeah, that's probably, we'll see whether it takes long for him to get elevated. See if, see if it takes as long to get in there, elevated as what he needs to get in there. So um, so now he's yeah, got, got the induction and the statue. Um, there wouldn't, there's not many of them. Um, so he's one of a very small group now when you look at it, but yeah, I, the one little thing that I did find a little interesting though, was the teams that were listed on the screens when he came up and they uh, somehow left off the Western Bulldogs, which was, which I found quite interesting. So yeah, um, I, I sort of thought that and thought, mm, I'm maybe they forgot. Sure that's, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, it was, it was only there for about two minutes, but. Yeah, it's sort of found a little bit strange. They did leave that off. So, um, he's, um, yeah, I guess it's the the main places he was. So, yeah, he's got his own yeah. uh, in, indigenous jumper design as well. But it, it is, a, it's a good point that the fact that he's, it, it's so overdue. I mean, on the, the, the weight of his playing career alone deserves to be in there. And then I think the impact that he's had on the game outside of that, you know, from the photo, from the moment from Victoria Park deserves to be there for that alone and, and what's happened since. The, the fact that it's 20 years later is bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Yeah, it took them a while to get Barks in there, I guess. But, um, but yeah, who knows? I mean, some of the criteria. I mean, the guy that coached him, I know I'm reasonably close to, to Terry Wallace, but the fact that, you know, he's not in the Hall of Fame, I think it's a disgrace. You know, three premierships, four best and fairest, um, 250 games. There are some oversights along the way, and, and I think Winmar was certainly one of those. But I guess, Nick, I watched that highlights package and, not that we needed reminded, reminding, but I think a player that's quick, reasonably tall for a wingman, beautiful long kick, extremely accurate kick, and a tackling machine uh, and a goal kicker. I think if you plonked him in modern footy now, whether the grounds are as they are, um, <clears throat> you could run on top of the ground. You're playing at Marvel, somebody with precision foot skills like that. Um, he, I mean, he dominated the comp when he played, but I shudder to think what he'd do to the AFL now. Yeah, I, I tweeted the other night that I think the, the closest thing mm. to Nicky Winmar in his prime was was Chris Judd in mm. his prime. You know, the West Coast Eagles, Chris Judd. He was quick, he was strong, he was powerful. Kicks, handballs, both both feet, both hands. 
can get up and take a grab. I mean, Nicky, there weren't too many people that could take a better mark than Nicky Winmar and he kicked goals. He was a goal kicking midfielder or, or wingman. He, he would be perfectly suited to today's footy. I mean, even more so than he was back in the, the late eighties, early nineties um, and, and mid nineties. Um, he was the prototype modern footballer. It would have been, it would have been incredible to see him play in today's footy. I think that's a, uh, a nice way to leave it. Obviously, a couple of legends being celebrated for, for different reasons entirely, but uh, for Saints fans heading along to, to Marvel on uh, on Friday night, I'm sure Spud will be in their thoughts. And the last thing now is for the group to do the right thing and, and obviously go out there and, and at least, I mean, and the right thing isn't necessarily always winning, but the right thing is, you know, going about it in the right way that would make legends of the club like Danny Frawley uh, particularly proud. So uh, thanks for tuning into our second episode, special edition episode for the week and go Saints. The AFL has paid tribute to late St Kilda legend Danny Frawley with the Saints game delayed by two minutes to encourage people to check in on their mates. The whole concept of just taking time out to talk to your mates, to find out what's going wrong and to try and fix it and not suffer in silence was a brilliant one. I thought it was handled really well by the St Kilda Football Club. Mental health is, is definitely such an important thing and a lot of people don't fully recognise that just like when you have a physical injury in sport, the same thing goes as a mental injury and trying to play through that, some people might think it's something you can do but we're going to take it a bit more serious and just being equipped with what to do, what to know, how to pick up on the signs if someone is struggling. It is something really simple but makes a huge difference. In his 240 games with St Kilda, Danny Frawley left a lasting legacy. But this building at Moorabbin might just be his ultimate contribution. Danny's vision was um, that our community looks after each other, um, whether that's players, past players, the broader community, and to do more to look after each other's mental health in particular. It was a day of pride and reflection at St Kilda, where the club flung open the doors to the Danny Frawley Centre. The late champion's family hopes it will prove a game-changer for men struggling with mental health. As well as its state-of-the-art facilities, crucially, the centre will give people access to the best psychologists and mental health researchers, an investment that has the potential to change and save lives. You can survive if you get the right help. And with this, this building, what we're doing, we can get you the help.